Stand Up with Pete Dominic. With Pete Dominic. On Indy, Sirius XM 104. Welcome back. Hour 2 here on Friday, July 26, 2013. I'm Pete Dominic. This is Stand Up. Working every day to get more informed, to get more educated on the most important issues facing you, your family, your country, your planet. We try to make everything that we're talking about important. Uh, certainly, obviously, interesting. Uh, I, I, I do know it is a radio program. It's like NPR with a personality, folks. And thanks so much for tuning in. At Pete Dominic on the Twitter. And 866-994-6343 is our phone number. I'm really, really curious and stupid about the way the United Kingdom works. And as much as we've been trying to avoid the the royal birth, uh, the new prince there, uh, it, it was you know brought to my attention last week uh, when the uh, UK, I guess, voted. See, I can't even say what it is for uh, marriage equality there. That I didn't understand anything about the UK. Uh, who you know, we we got our independence from. They're now our best friends in the world, apparently. Uh, and our next guest is really above all of the questions that I'm about to ask him. But I've had him on before, and I really love him, and so I had to have him do it. I mean, this guy can talk about so much in terms of uh, British politics and the political parties, and we're going to try to get to some of that as well. But first, I just have to ask some really basic uh, questions that should be uh, really very easy for a professor of political science at Queen Mary University of London, Tim Bale, who is joining us. Very active on Twitter, by the way, at Prof Tim Bale, although I have no idea what he's talking about. Hi, Tim. Thank you very much for coming back on. No problem at all. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's, it you, you realize, I'm sure, that, that Americans don't understand uh, much about how the U.K. Uh, works and, 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 and is broken up and, and who they have reign over and the and the royal family, like you, you understand our ignorance is, is there, right? Tim, Tim. Yeah, hi. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty up with it. So yeah, shoot, go and go ask me some stuff. I'll see uh, if I can. Uh, well, I can reply. All right. Well, here's what I don't understand: England and Scotland and Wales, they're all different countries. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> don't I laugh mean, at me. It makes I... me even more insecure, Tim. Oh, Tim, time. if you. <laughs> I'll, I swear I'll ask Carter questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, uh, that's why we're called the United Kingdom, right? I mean... Uh, Isn't the United Kingdom a country? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a country made up of countries? Uh, officially, uh, the, the title of the, the country is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Uh, and that means, actually, that we have uh, four countries in the one. Um, we've got uh, we've got England, which most people know. We've got Scotland, we've got Wales, and we've got Northern Ireland, which is just this little bitty bit of uh, of the of the island of Ireland uh, in the north. And all four of those together make up the United Kingdom, and uh, that's gradually come together over the centuries, really. And, and and so, what is then the difference between between England and Scotland and Wales and, and Northern Ireland in in terms of the their representation in uh, okay. in your government, your parliament. 
Right. Well, look, they all send members of parliament to the parliament in London, in Westminster. Um, but it's made uh, slightly more complicated by the fact that both uh, Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland have also got um, legislatures of their own. The Scottish Parliament, the um, Welsh Assembly and the Northern Ireland Assembly. England doesn't have its own parliament, though. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty complicated affair, but then no more complicated in a way than perhaps the United States that looks to us um, from the UK, because you have obviously the, the federal government and then you have um, the states as well. So, I mean, you can, although I'm sure some people in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland would like me saying this, you can compare them in some ways to states within the United States of America. That's that's what I, I've always considered uh, England, Scotland, and, and Wales, and Northern Ireland is states, or, or as Canada has it, provinces. Yeah, have... you can you can see it like that, and indeed, um, Northern Ireland actually calls itself a province. So I mean, there are some you know definite similarities with Canada there. So that's right, and uh, you know, David Cameron, who is the Prime Minister, is the Prime Minister of the UK, um, but there are also. Uh, if you like, leaders of Northern Ireland, leaders of Scotland, and, and leaders of, of Wales as well. But as I say, England doesn't have its own separate representation. Uh, England is by far the biggest country, um, you know, dominates the others completely. Um, but David Cameron is the Prime Minister for the whole of the UK. Um, but of course, he's only the Prime Minister. He's the head of government, but he's not the head of state, because the head of state is the Queen. Uh, all right, well then, since you brought her into this, Professor, <laughs> uh, what what I mean, I thought it was all of this. I had so many questions when yet yeah, last week, when was it last week or the week before when when uh, the UK basically passed marriage equality? First of all, t- tell us what changed there. I really thought the UK already already had marriage equality. Maybe it was just civil unions and now it's marriage. I don't know what the difference is. In, in the- yeah, you've got it. I mean, we, we've had, um, we call them civil partnerships for quite some time. Um, and when that legislation was first passed a few years ago, people said that it was actually probably a stepping stone on the way to complete marriage equality. And now we have, we have gone for that. So in other words, we have um, what some people call equal marriage. Some people um, call it gay marriage. Um, there's absolutely no difference now. Um, and that's the, throughout the UK, including Northern Ireland? Uh, it Anywhere? is. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's UK-wide. Um, there, you know, there, there is no discrimination now between heterosexual and homosexual couples. Um, so we're, we're not going through the agonies that, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you've been going through in the United well, States for some time. And of course, it's not sorted out in the United States yet. But in, in the UK, it is now sorted. And we join a number of other European countries um, which have had equal marriage for quite some time, Spain, the Netherlands, and, and some of the Scandinavian countries. And have there been locust storms? Uh, has there been a major erosion since you passed? What has God done uh, <laughs> to your country since? Uh, uh, well, well, so far, he has not struck. Um, we're she, she. We're incredible heat wave at the moment. We did have some thunderstorms last uh-huh. week. Aha! That's uh, the gaze. But, uh, uh, they didn't do any major structural damage, so I suspect, actually, <laughs> they weren't heaven-sent. Well, I mean... I, you know, I was I was doing the stand-up joke that I thought articulated perfectly the difference between the UK's stance on this issue of marriage equality and the US's, which was when basically I was the joke uh, professor was I, I uh, people don't really care nearly as much about it in other countries as we did. And I, for example, I had this British couple in the audience, and I said, I said, well, you guys have gay marriage, and and, and the gentleman said, uh, no, we don't, and and his wife said, yes, we do, and he said, we do. And she said, yeah, Elton John got married. And he just looked at her and goes, oh. <laughs> and it was like, that was it. They didn't care. It wasn't an issue. 
talking about. I know I'm. Well, what about the the? I mean, we talk about it as a civil rights issue and in in the movement, and we're far from equality. We although we've made major progress. What's that that movement been like in uh, in the UK? Which I guess I'll I'll tell you what I think the difference is. It's not that much of an issue apart from some um, conservatives and some um, religious. Uh, people. And the difference, of course, between our two countries is the fact that you're just a much more religious country than us. I mean, you know, your, your rates of church attendance, you know, touch uh, in some states, obviously 50% or so. I mean, in, in, in uh, the United Kingdom, we're really only talking about 5% of people who go to church on a Sunday. Uh, and even then, not all of them regularly. So we're, we're much less concerned with the kind of religious implications of this. And I think that takes a lot of the heat out of the issue, to be honest. Uh, we're, what are the different? What what is the total population of the United Kingdom? Because we're also obviously a far bigger in terms of population. Yeah, the total population in the UK is around 60, 62 uh, million, I think. All right, so that's Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, we're we're talking to Professor Tim Bell uh, right now. We're talking about. I got a lot of questions about about the way the UK works and the way its Parliament works and the way. Well, just about everything. Um. You mentioned, uh, you know, the conservative parties, and, and I'd love, and I know you talk and write and, and yeah. teach a lot about politics, obviously, in the parties, but there's a there's a real difference between how I think the the British look at what conservative is versus what Amer- how Americans see what conservative is. For example, um, you're conser- you could not have someone in your conservative party. You'll correct me, of course, um, uh, running as a quote unquote conservative uh, that wanted to get rid. Of your government uh, run and, and really controlled healthcare, the NHS. I mean, if if someone ran on that ticket, we want to privatize and make our health insurance uh, work the way America's work. They wouldn't get very far. So on on issues like that, there's a huge disparity. Your conservatives on that issue are more like our left uh, when it comes to healthcare, for example. Right? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I think we're talking differences of degree rather than of kind, because you will find a lot of people in the Conservative Party, uh, you know, particularly kind of conservative think tanks who would make an argument for, say, privatizing health care. But the thing is, it's just not seen as electorally uh, wise for them to do that. And I guess there are some things that the Republicans, you know, might think in their heart of hearts, but realize, you know, probably they couldn't put on an electoral platform and, uh, and still get elected. So, I mean, there, there are some similarities between our conservatives and your Republicans, I think, in in terms of the fact that conservatives generally in this country would like to see a smaller state um, than would people in the Labour Party, which is the kind of uh, equivalent, if you like, of the Democrats. But, I mean, I think you're right in saying that, you know, your politics and the centre of gravity, if you like, uh, of your politics is somewhere to the to the right uh, of ours. I think it's, ours is more kind of centrist, centre-left, uh, generally speaking. And you so, mentioned that issue of religion and that we're more religious. Yeah. And a lot of times people erroneously, I, I know a lot of conservative Republican Americans really, you know, really get upset when they're, thrown in the lump uh, of the religious right but a lot of a lot of us just when we say republican when we say conservative we think someone who is a super religious uh person you know christian uh yeah. and, and is it, how how much is there truth that your conservatives are much more conservative in terms of social issues are they more likely religious as well uh i mean they are but we're just 
we're just not really a religious enough country for that to make much of a difference, to be honest. I mean, the Conservative Party is not really heavily influenced by religion, to be honest. I mean, it may have been, you know, once upon a time in the, the 19th century, uh, but really in the 20th and the 21st century, I mean, religious influences on conservatism are, are pretty weak, I think. That's not to say, however, that they're, some of them anyway uh, aren't, you know, quite socially conservative. And I mean, take gay marriage, for example. You know, the people who were unhappy about it, as well as some religious people, were some of the kind of grassroots activists in the Conservative Party who just have a very kind of, well, conservative attitude to any kind of um, change, you know. And they're, they're, they're worried about that. They're worried about, for example, immigration. So they're worried about some of the things that conservatives in your country are worried about as well. Uh, what about, I'm, I'm glad you brought up immigration, I want to try to get to that, but what about the Queen? You mentioned the Queen earlier. She had to, like, sign this marriage equality thing. I, I didn't know that she was anything but a figurehead, anything but just a, uh, a, a yeah. symbol. She yeah. is, she does, I mean, if she had not signed that, I mean, she could uh, technically create problems or, or, or change, right? I mean, she could, does, does she yeah, technically I mean, Yeah, I mean, could um, I'm not sure we can even use the word could, actually. I mean, I suppose that, uh, you know, the the monarch, the queen, or, or the king, as it will be in the future, you know, could refuse to sign a bill, but it, it just never happened. So, I mean, it's not like the president having a, you know, a right to veto, you know, something comes out of Congress and he can refuse to sign it. I mean, that just does not happen. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a symbolic, um, if you like, ru- literally rubber stamp, if you like, um, by, the, by the queen on any legislation. So, I mean, there's, there's never uh, any possibility I think of a kind of constitutional crisis that would be created by a, a monarch refusing to sign a bill. Uh, I think if that were to happen, I mean, I, I can't imagine it happening, but if it, that were to happen, I think what would happen is the monarch would abdicate. <laughs> but I don't think that is going to happen. What, 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 is the, um, what is the conversation and what, what are the maybe percentages of people that, that support the idea of having a monarchy and a, and a queen yeah. and a royal family and those who don't? Because I know there's a major divide on that. And, and, I've, and I've just I can see it all ways, of course, but the bottom line is that royal family, Buckingham Palace, et cetera, and so on, does bring in millions and millions of dollars of tourism uh, money to to the UK. And so you certainly could argue from that standpoint, it's a good thing, but that's a just about as much as I know about it. Yeah, well, look, I mean, actually, uh, you know, republicanism in this country is is a bit of a dead duck. I mean, there are obviously a, a hardcore of maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 percent of people who might say that, you know, given their druthers, they'd, they'd get rid of the queen, get rid of the, the monarchy. But most people, I think, uh, are fairly happy with the arrangement, partly because they actually don't want an elected um, president, because the alternative would be... <laughs> something like you've got in the US or, or you know, other countries where, whereby, you know, party politics would get into it. Uh, and as it were, the representative of the country as a whole would necessarily be a, a partisan figure. And one of the things I think we quite like in the UK is that we can all unite around this this person. And I know, you know, they're, they're there because of hereditary um, reasons. But we, we don't feel that we have to take sides, as it were, um, you know, with or against our, our head of state. So that's one of the advantages, I, I think, that we have. And, and I don't think there's any move that I can see on the horizon to, to change that. I, I think we're a, you know, we're a monarchy and most people are fairly happy with that. And that's partly because, of course, the Queen doesn't actually get involved in politics. Why does my producer, Alfred, make these uh, really, really uh, take these low blow shots at the royal family uh, in, in reference to incest? He keeps saying think, incest. <laughs> There's a, here, what? No, shut up. Who has, no, you be quiet. Uh, 
what half is of that? my blood is uh, British. I should say that. I'm British. <laughs> he German. says that to every like guest, make, by the way. <laughs> I'm also part African and uh, West Indian. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, no, Prince William and Kate Middleton have no similar bloodline. Do they? I mean, what am I missing here? What is that? Where is that Elizabeth come from? and Philip are related. There is there is some professor, going on among the, royals. The professor is laughing at you with a bit of contempt. Go ahead, professor, straighten him out. Well, no, no I'm saying, I mean, and are you related to your wife before you marry? <laughs> you, can, I mean, you've got a point in the the, the, the sense that I mean, any, any aristocracy to kind of stay an aristocracy is to some extent going to have to um, kind of limit the the gene pool. I think you know they're going to want to marry other aristocrats, but occasionally you do get a bit of fresh blood coming in and. Kate Middleton is uh, what we uh, charmingly she think of as a commoner. <laughs> so she doesn't have any aristocratic blood, or if she has, it's very, very diluted. Um, so while, I mean, uh, maybe there's a kind of limited gene pool for, for some of the aristocracy, I, I don't think it extends as far as the royal family. The royal family, for, uh, for a long time, have been reasonably, I think, uh, open to, to bringing in outsiders to kind of uh, make sure that uh, none of that kind of stuff happens. Are the British jealous of anything that we do in our government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love because well, I well, look you at your loads of stuff that we love. I mean, that's the thing. That's the such as. Is, well, we love your movies. No, 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 no. That's pop culture. We, oh, pop I culture. love Anything the way is... your not our country, our government. Oh, I love the government. way that you can put your <sighs> prime minister on the what is it? The parliament floor, uh, the, the whatever that yeah. space, and and yell at him. He yeah. has to take questions. He or she. I yeah. love that you have a number of political parties. If I'm not mistaken, you have runoff elections. Um, there's a lot that it seems you do there that is, I think, um, more democratic or or more representative of what the yeah. people. Yeah, but on, on the other hand, I mean, I, if you're coming down to things that we might admire about your political system, in some ways, uh, and I know it sounds weird because, of course, it doesn't happen all the time, and you know, recently it hasn't happened very much at all. But in some ways, the fact that your uh, your congressmen, your senators aren't always as bound by their parties as as our MPs are is something that we quite admire. You know, sometimes they can be a little bit more responsive, I think, to their their states. Um, you know, to the people within you know different regions than than our guys can be, because party discipline is very very strong in our legislature. Whereas if you look at the U.S., uh, you know that's less so. Well, um, yeah, but I mean, the, I think the biggest problem I always say this, uh, Professor, is that that the biggest problem in our political system is the way that we elect our politicians, our right. campaign finance issues, that how much money they have to raise and how. Uh, how much of a conflict of interest there is and how much they have to do the bidding of the interests that, that donate to their party. I mean, you guys have a completely different uh, system of, of elections and the way that they that you campaign, I think, at every level. Are your MPs beholden the way our Congress is uh, to to anybody who helped them get there in terms of donated money? special interest. In well, look, I mean, I think there is a basic difference between the two main political parties in the sense that the Labour Party, you know, the more centre-left party gets quite a lot of its money from trade unions and the Conservative Party gets quite a lot of its money from, uh, you know, business interests. And some people would say, actually, if we're thinking about things that we admire in the American system, is at least you know all this. The, 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 you know, the, the funding is massive from interest groups, but it's pretty transparent um, compared to ours, Whereas ours is a little bit more murky, but obviously, on the other hand, you know, we, we don't spend anywhere near as much money on our politics as you do. And one of the best things I think has happened actually over the last 10 years is actually we limit 
the amount that um, parties can spend during elections. How get... dare you? Yeah, I know. Just, just, just get this. Uh, parties can only spend around twenty million pounds at every general election. So you, wow. <laughs> if you, well, yeah, and, that... but the, but your elections are also your campaigns are also. I mean, to be fair to us. Yeah. Uh, far shorter, right? Like, oh, don't yeah, you have like a yeah. six-week campaign? Yeah, we have like a three-year campaign. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's that's true. But I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure that that's compensating. For the no, no, you it's not. But spend so much more than we do. I mean, uh, and obviously the other difference is we don't have political advertising on television either. So wait, oh wait, I'm sorry. What? We don't have political adverts on TV. That's, that's, I don't know what the hell an advert is, but from the context, well, I think you're saying ad. advertisement. We don't have an ad. We don't have political <laughs> ads on television. That's great. No radio ads. No TV nope. ads. Nope. Nope. <laughs> why? That's why our politics is much cheaper. Is anybody is anybody trying to get that change? Uh, yeah, some people are. Some people are saying, well, maybe that you know, there's some kind of right to free speech. But of course, we don't have a written constitution in this country. There's another big difference. So we don't have any, um, you know, uh, amendment saying that you know there's a right to free speech. Uh, so no one can can uh, you know take action on those grounds. It's just something that we decide in Parliament, and it's been you know the case forever really that we don't have TV or radio spots um, when it comes to um, politics. Do you have instant runoff in your election? Uh, no, it doesn't quite work like that. Actually, we do, we don't we don't we don't go for those instant runoffs. No, we we have kind of first past the post plurality kind of system, rather rather like yours, actually. Uh, uh okay. So, uh, big question here. Uh, a lot of people have no idea why why the Queen is on Canadian money. <laughs> why do these dirty, filthy Canadians? Uh, and Australians. And Australians who are even dirtier and filthier. Uh, um, why, why is the Queen, what's the, what is the relationship at this point between the UK uh, and Canada and the UK and Australia? I thought well, they were trying to escape you. Well, Just like I mean, everybody they, else. There's a, there's a Republican movement in Australia, but it's, it's, it's uh, not got very far so far. I mean, the Queen is head of state of Canada, and she is head of state of uh, Australia. She's head of state of a number of countries, because they are former parts of the British Empire. They're now part of this organization that calls itself uh, the Commonwealth, and, and some of the countries in the Commonwealth um, have decided to retain the Queen uh, as their head of state. They've, they've not decided to break away from that. Now, whether that will continue indefinitely, I don't know. I think that's less likely, to be honest. I think there's a sort of residual loyalty to this particular monarch, to this, this queen, if you like. Whether, actually, once she is replaced by you know, her son or, or maybe even her grandson, um, they'll decide to, to make that change uh, is another matter. Because they, they have, in many ways, begun to kind of break over the decades away from the UK in terms of their legal systems. You know, they used to be a right of appeal, as it were, to the, to the, the, uh, the House of Lords in, in London. That doesn't happen anymore. So there's a gradual distancing. But no, the Queen is still there. You're absolutely right. She's still the head of state. That is what 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 does that mean? I mean, does that does it does it mean anything symbolic? Does it mean anything technically? I mean, can they can Canada never go to war with the 
with the UK or or <laughs> Australia, but uh, I, I mean, well, I mean, I suppose that will be kind of difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine any circumstances in which we'd want to go to war with uh, Canada or, or Australia. Yeah. But uh, no, maple I mean, syrup, uh, my friend, uh, maple syrup. Civil war? I don't. Uh, it's so confusing. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's symbolic. It's absolutely just symbolic, and I think it's just uh, you know, the, I, I guess it might be something to do with the fact that in Canada's case, they want to differentiate themselves from you guys. How dare you? Do you think that the British overuse the word brilliant? <laughs> and I the mean, word lovely, apparently. Uh, and lovely. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I've got an American friend who's uh, been told off, in fact, by her. Uh, she's married to a British guy, and she's been told off by her relations back in the States for using the word lovely and brilliant too much. <laughs> so she tries not to do that anymore. Uh, uh, speaking of the, the House of Lords, we have Congress. We have uh, two two houses. We are but I think it's called bicameral. I know you yeah. you know a lot more about how our system works even yeah. than I do, as many British do more than Americans. Yeah. Um, the whole thing here is I'd like to immigrate to a country and be you. <laughs> but no, but what 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 is the difference between, um, and, and what is it called, between, like, we have the House, we have the Senate. You yeah. have the, the House of Lords. What, what do you have? The House of Lords. And are they we, actual we lords? Have, we have the Commons, uh, which is a little bit more like that your house. And then we have uh, the House of Lords, which is a little bit more like your Senate in the sense that it's, uh, if you like, a kind of revising chamber, a kind of chamber for second thoughts, if you like. Um, and it's elected, uh, well, it's not elected, that's the difference. Your senators are elected by the states, but um, the people in the House of Lords, the, the, the second chamber in this, this two-chamber parliament, um, are there um, because they've been appointed normally. Um, by various prime ministers over the over the years, and once you're appointed, you're appointed for life. What about the the, the your your judicial branch? Do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the Supreme Court, and obviously yeah. we have a number of different courts here. Uh, we yeah. have nine justices. Do you have a yeah. do you have a, 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 something? We do something? have a we do have something called. And the do Supreme. they wear wigs? Yeah, uh, they no, they don't. They don't now. They decided they weren't going to do that. Actually. When did this development occur? That's the main well, reason I no, wanted to come just, as a bald American. That's just in the Supreme Court. Hey, in the other courts, they do wear wigs. I just want to reassure wow. you that the um, wow. both the, both the uh, you the, agree that that's silly, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll admit that that's a silly tradition. Well, I don't yeah, know. Fancy I mean, I of think... the past. I think people kind of think it, you know, increases the respect, if you like, for lawyers. And, I mean, we, we don't hold lawyers in quite the same kind of disregard that you hold them in the United States. It's still a fairly respectable profession in the U.K. Uh, you guys uh, perhaps don't have mass tort issues. <laughs> Well, uh, what, what, so what is it? What is the judicial? How does that? Well, uh, listen, and we, by the way, we, I am finding this entire conversation absolutely fascinating we have we have a supreme court right but we i mean our supreme court is very different from yours because it's the kind of ultimate court of appeal but what it isn't is it, it doesn't discuss uh questions of constitutionality because we don't have a constitution so the you know the main burden of your supreme court is to try and judge whether you know this or that um piece of legislation is is constitutional right i mean that that doesn't apply in in the uk because we don't have a constitution so we don't have to judge anything against this document that's been there for 200 years or whatever um you know that that's not what they do they just is simply the last court of appeal it sounds like you're saying that with a with a with a tone of condescension professor <laughs> uh, 
why don't you have a constitution? Everybody, all most countries have a they constitution. Do, they do. Well, I mean, we do have a kind of set of documents, uh, you know, that could, if you put them together, be seen as something like a constitution. But no, we don't have a constitution, partly because we believe, I think, in the kind of flexibility that that gives us. And I think one of the things that we do do when we look across the United States, in a way we admire the fact that you have a constitution, but in a way it kind of scares us because we think that one of the problems with having a, a written constitution is that it can't really keep up with uh, you know developments in in modern life and, and one of the things that you know we look at for example when we look at you and you talk about how some of the things that we do you, you don't get I mean you know your gumballs <laughs> to us seem totally crazy uh, and the reason we're always told that you know you can carry on with these crazy gun laws is because you have uh, you know a, a right to bear arms uh, and it's it's constitutionally protected, and therefore there's nothing you can do about that. And that is something that horrifies, I think, most people in the United Kingdom. Uh, yeah, that it really is. I mean, I just have I, I don't even want to make any jokes. It's just so it's I I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. Our, our, but that our gun culture. Yeah. Uh, forget our gun laws. You know, yeah. they 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 instruct our gun culture here in America. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, what? Okay, why is David Cameron, your prime minister, who looks to be about twenty-five, uh, what is his? Why does he hate dirty, filthy, awful porn? What? There's a big controversy over there right now about, uh, about that, right? He is, yeah. He's trying to use the kind of or get the internet service providers and the you know the search engines together and and trying to put these filters on and and uh, insist that people kind of opt into porn or opt out of porn, which uh, strikes a <laughs> rather difficult decision to make in front of your family, you know, sitting yes. in front of your computer. Am yes. I going to press the opt-in button or am I going to press the opt-out button? Um, no, I, mean, I, I thought you had to, even worse, I thought you had to call up the and have a conversation <laughs> like, hi, could you turn on my barnyard bordello? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. You have to have a dirty conversation as well. Yeah, right? you have to have a <laughs> filthy, awful conversation that's with someone. Right, like, I'm yeah. sorry, I, I don't seem to be able to have access to uh, a dirty grandma dot com anymore, and uh, well, whatever you call look, grandma. I mean, it's all about. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a kind of moral panic, really, over um, the effect of uh, uh, porn on um, and the way it makes marriages healthier. What? Well, I'm no, I'm I mean, I mean, what it, what it. The issue for us is, is I guess, around child pornography in particular. And there's the feeling that, you know, people who commit terrible crimes against children have been, if you like, incited to do it uh, um, by watching this kind of stuff. And I think there's also a, a worry. But isn't well. it illegal, though? I mean, child pornography to film it or to view it. I mean, it's, it's I mean, I, I don't know all of our laws, but I mean, yeah. generally, we all agree that that's horrific. Yeah. It should be illegal yeah, yeah, yeah. and, not, and there, it shouldn't be yeah. obviously allowed to be made, yeah. much less viewed. Exactly, uh, but uh, what happens is that that is illegal. But we can, we, what we've done in this country, you know, for rightly or wrongly, is we've conflated that issue with pornography more generally. Now, the question with pornography more generally is an anxiety about what it's doing to children and what it's doing, to, particularly to boys' views of, you know, relationships with uh, with girls. You know, we're we're getting more and more kind of edgy, violent porn. I think, and and people are worried that that's encouraging a kind of you know, macho uh, culture which which sees women just as as objects, and and that's actually filtering right down into levels of kind of um, violence against women, and 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 that's you know that is a concern for people. Now, whether there is any direct relationship between you know viewing pornography and that kind of behaviour, you know, I'm not an expert on, but that's the thing that people are concerned. Well, about. certainly an issue that I that I we've discussed a lot about yeah. here. Um, not necessarily as it relates to porn, but the idea of mm. objectifying women and so mm. on. Um, mm. uh, um, now, what about do you guys have? I gotta ask you about your media, and I'll let you go, Professor. But I, yeah. but but I mean, what what's really 
Um, I mean, we could we could talk for probably hours about the differences in, in terms of freedom of speech and, and how all that's looked at. But is there a British uh, Bill O'Reilly? My my feeling is that uh, one of the big problems we have here in America with our media is that it's also a profit driven. And so that means uh, they have to get ratings. And that means we have to report on things like the birth of, of, of that uh, that prince that you did. <laughs> Uh, like we don't we shouldn't care about that. Uh, and I like that The Guardian, the uh, the left leaning newspaper there actually put a button on that people could filter that out because there's a lot of yeah. British folks that don't necessarily think that's, quote, news either. But the bottom line is Americans don't get to see and hear and, and, and learn about them, probably the most important issues that, frankly, a comedian on this radio program that doesn't have to get ratings on a subscriber based uh, service uh, professor. You know, uh, we, we don't we, we only hear about. We hear too much about the fluff and and the cruise ships that uh, you know and 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 the trials. Do you have? I feel like the BBC has is more respected here, even in America. Do you have to worry about that for profit issue and ratings driven media so that they report on what I am moralizing are the wrong issues? Yeah, I mean, look, we we obviously we have the BBC, which has what's called a kind of public service obligation. So it, it gets, <laughs> if you like, uh, uh, to report stuff that, that maybe in a kind of purely ratings-driven culture, you know, it, it might not report on. But on the other hand, we do have commercial um, TV stations, satellite broadcasting, etc., which aren't bound uh, necessarily by those kind of public service obligations, and and they report in a different way. And the BBC has to worry about ratings as well because the BBC is funded by license fee payers by subscription okay but it's a it's basically a compulsory subscription everybody in the uk with a tv pays this fee okay and, and that's how the bbc is funded um so in order for the bbc to sort of justify that financing regime it has to show that it can make programs that attract people so it has to worry a little bit about ratings as well and there's a lot of debate in this country and it's been going on really probably since the 1950s about the fact that our television is becoming God forbid, more like the Americans. <laughs> and that's something that, you know, we, we really worry about in this country, right? You should. Opinion. You should. And, I think you should. Yeah, and we look at, we look at your TV news, and, and if you look at our TV news, it's got more and more like the American news, um, you know, with kind of uh, anchors who look good as well as sound good. Um, you know, there are all sorts of developments that we've seen over time where we've got a little bit more like the Americans. But what we don't have, I guess, is, yeah, we don't have the kind of polarization so we don't have the you know the the kind of fox news effect we don't really have these um pundits who who are are very very virulent one way or the other um because uh, you know that's that's just not the way our our media you, but, is developed. but it's funny because you do have rupert murdoch i mean he is a very powerful figure oh sure the, yeah in, in the uk and australia and he's like sure, bff with sure. your prime minister and, yeah you know, i mean it's but like it, he, but he's stymied by the fact that our regulation means that, A, his, his ownership is to some extent limited, so he can't own too many things, and B, he's, he's stymied by the fact, if he wanted to do a Fox News kind of thing in, in the UK, by the fact that we do have this kind of public service obligation and we do have a kind of balance obligation, particularly in general elections, which means that it's really very difficult to kind of found a big TV channel that's going to be able to push one particular uh, side, if you like, of, of the political spectrum. Uh, okay, well, listen, we didn't even get to immigration, and that's such a divisive issue in your country. And I, and I, and I mean, this is such a great conversation for us. Uh, but honestly, I would have to ask you this off the record. Is this the kind of conversation that, that you kind of enjoy educating uh, our ignorance? Because I know a lot of our uh, listeners really appreciate it. 
Hey, I don't see it like that because you've asked some great questions. I mean, you know, you, you, I, I learn a, a lot the other way as well. I mean, and that's one of the one of the weird things is that we we think we know a lot about you because we get an awful lot about you on our TV news. But hey, we, we you know, we're just as ignorant about you guys as you are about us. I don't know about that. I I push back on that. One thing you don't know for sure is that I haven't I haven't been wearing pants the entire interview, Tim. But that's radio for you, and that's America for you. So. <laughs> well, hey, look, it's it's summer here. It's midday here, and I'm wearing shorts. So you know. We're, we're both of us not appropriately dressed. Another major difference between yeah. uh, you and us. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I look forward to continuing this conversation, and I think introdu- and doing this with a, a bunch of other countries, uh, political uh, professors and experts as well. I really appreciate this, Tim. Okay, all right. All Have right. a good day, yeah? We'll talk to you again uh, very soon. Professor Tim Bale is his name. Uh, he is on Twitter, uh, by the way, and you should thank him for joining us. Stand up with Pete Dominic. For more Stand Up with Pete Domino, go to SiriusXM.com slash indie.